There are many ways we live by, but His ways are better. And can we just appreciate our worship team this morning? Aren't they amazing? And uh, a warm welcome to you. It's nice to see a nice full auditorium. To those who are online, it's so good to have you with you. It is 2022, and it's coming for you. No, I'm joking. If you've just back for church for the first time, for the first time back this year, why don't you just raise your hand? Let's make a warm welcome to those who are back in the auditorium with us. Thank you for being back at church. You know, I like to say, and if you're a visitor here this morning, a warm welcome to you. And uh, we love to say here at Link Church, we're not a perfect family, but we are blessed. And there are no perfect people here, so you're going to feel right at home. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Here's what I want to say if you're a visitor. Uh, keep coming back. Uh, we, we, we love seeing you, but also more importantly, we'd love to connect with you. And after the service, we have a welcome lounge where you can come join us. I'd love to catch up with you. I know there's a lot of people moving down to this area, buying real estate, investing here. It's amazing. We live in the promised land. Amen. It's the promised land. It's right here on the north coast. And uh, the humidity is up, but it's summer. But I love summer because there's a sense of newness in our lives. And uh, we've said it this year. I remember it was what it was like. It was 2018. It was time to be great. 2019, time to shine. 2020, year of plenty. 2021, Aiko. There was nothing there. But listen, 2022, it's going to be a new you. That's what we're believing, a new you. So I know, listen, listen, I know wives are looking at their husbands going, yes, I've been praying for that for a long time. But, but you know what? God is in the business of renewing us. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And so, hey, why don't you tap your neighbor and say, you're looking new already, and you can take a seat. Thank you, worship team. I'm believing that. Thanks, Jomo. I'm believing that over this uh, church this year and, uh, and believing that uh, really, if you're watching online, we're believing for a new you. And, uh, and uh, there's a sense of anticipation and expectation with me as a church. And uh, if you haven't, weren't here last week, we're in a series called Win. Uh, there it is right there. Who, who wants to win in 2022? Yeah, yeah, we all want to win. We want to win. Uh, just like the Proteas won the other day. Yeah, come on. Woo, I've got cricket fans here. <laughs> mm, India, go back home. There we go. So anyway, I think there's a sense of anticipation, but here's what I know that I know about you, and sociologists have picked it up and they know it, is that in, typically this time of the year we set goals. Anyone set some goals here? Don't be shy. You've set goals. Everyone's, all the eight tops here, put your hands up quickly. You set goals last year for this year. Anyway, so we've set goals and New Year's resolutions, and it's, it's awesome, and there's nothing against setting goals. Jesus set goals. The apostle Paul had a goal. He ran towards the prize, which is the heavenward call of Christ. He knew there were goals. People set goals. It's not a bad thing. It's just this, that it's proven that only 8% of our goals ever can be achieved. 8% of your New Year's resolutions will be done and achieved. And so we thought this year, what if it was less about the output that we're going after, but more about what we're gonna put in? Because here's what we know. You don't rise to the level of your results. You fall to the level of your rhythms. There's more to the payoff. You know what more to the payoff is? The process you're gonna undertake this year. The plan you put in place. The system you live by. Because you know what? there's this gap between successful people and unsuccessful people. Successful people do more consistently what unsuccessful people do occasionally. In other words, the superpower in your life is consistency. 
Okay, no one gets excited about that because like, eesh, baba. That means I've got to walk every day and show up when I don't feel like showing up. And maybe you showed up at church for the first time. Thank you. And maybe you signed up for a gym contract this year. No embarrassment. Well done. Okay, sorry. So anyway, we keep, we keep walking. We keep walking. There's this invitation from God. We spoke about it last, last week. Wisdom is a path. It's not a technique. It's not a quick fix. You can't download the app on your phone. You go to every bookshop and there's four ways to be a better this and five ways to be a better that. Five. No, 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 wisdom is not that. God says wisdom is a path. And so it's gonna involve some consistency. I wanna ask you, what's one new habit you put in play? You know, there's, we've set goals. That, I said it to the 10.30. I'm sorry, I missed you 8.30 this last week, but there's a difference. There's, you set means goals and ends goals. Means goals is what we typically set. It's a goal with a so attached to it. You know that? I'm going to get fit so I can get back in my cozy, you know. I'm going I'm to do some gym so I can get stronger. I'm going I'm to study hard this year so I can go to varsity. It's not a bad thing. The challenge is those goals are always in the future. And you're waiting for one day when you fulfill it. But maybe, maybe 8%, 92% of us aren't going to get there. So we live with this unfulfillment. And to be honest, sometimes we get a bit disheartened and disappointed because we go, I didn't have that self-discipline. But what if you and I could set some end goals? You know what an end goal is? An end goal is rather about who you are than rather what you do. An end goal goes, let me decide who I want to be this year and then me do little things that are gonna, uh, uh, let me do small things, small wins in my life to get to who I wanna be. You know what? End goal is about your identity, not your activity. When I decide who I want to be, now I know in this, you know, maybe you've arrived this morning, someone forced you to come here, and you're kicking the tires of faith, you're not quite sure about God, just you can zone out for a little bit, I'm talking to believers here for a moment, listen, I know for you and I, look at me in the eyes for a minute, I know between now, you know who, you want, who we want to become, who do we want to become? Like Jesus, if you had to ask 90% of us, we'd all go, we want to be like Him, well when you decide who you want to be, then put some small wins in your life to get there. Maybe it's a daily reading prayer. Maybe it's reading a book. I heard some people started reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. Maybe it's just a little thing, just a little habit. I wanna ask you one more time, just before we get into this week, what's one habit you're putting in play this year? Because it's your habits, not the hype, that's gonna change your life. Woo, we like inspiration. Woo, technique, give me one way to do something new. Mm, mm, mm. Inspirational, woo, inspiration will get you to Wednesday. Passion will get you to Thursday. But perseverance and process and consistency is gonna get your goals. It's gonna get your goals. Watch this, watch this, 2022. Can you put that video up? Ooh, this is so, okay. Ah, there we go, yeah, yeah. Ooh, 2022. Have you seen those music boxes? They stand like this, they're JBLs. We went to Rhodes, we had a party box, yeah, a party box. Hey, when you turn that thing up on New Year's Eve, we were 2022, yeah. But listen, I looked at 2022 for a long time. I looked at it for a long time. I said it last week. I looked at it for a long time. But you know what I love about 2022 is there are lots of twos. And where there are lots of twos, it means there's repetition. Where there's repetition, there is rhythm. Where there's rhythm, there is reinforcement. Where there's reinforcement, there is reward. There's reward. I don't know what God's saying to you today, but it's in your repetition. It's in your rhythms. It's the rhythms that are gonna get you your reward. 2022, and we're on a path. There we go, it's a bit retro, but we're on a path. And you're just showing up today, you're on a path. But I wanna tell you, you can't take care of the outcome. What you can do is control the efforts. 
And so today, I really believe if you're here for the first time, you're leaning in, you want to say a word from God this year, you know what we tend to do at the beginning of the year? God, give me a word, give me a word. Ooh, we cry out for something. But listen, true spirituality is not trying to seek out something from God. It's responding to what He's already done for us. It's responding to the love He's already given us. There is wisdom like you've never seen before. The tendency with me to think is I think if Granty got a bit of wisdom, then I can't get it. But last time I checked, God has more than enough for every person plus seven billion people in this world forever and ever and ever. No one knows the depth of God's wisdom. Are you ready to go today? Sorry, it was a long intro. Anyway, so we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, I want to look at one thing we can put in again this year. And I was reading Proverbs 3 because I read it last week. And I went down and I was, I was wondering what to speak about in the second week of 2022. And then I got to this verse. And uh, it's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 21. And it says this. And we're going to read it together. It says, my son, do not let wisdom and understanding, say understanding, out of your sight. What he's saying there is wisdom is attached to understanding. Understanding has to do with how you think. Understanding is your perception. It's your thoughts. And he says, don't let it out of your sight. In other words, keep it close. Watch over it. Then he goes, preserve sound judgment and discretion. Do you see that? He's saying, look after your thoughts. Look after your mind. Why would he say that? He says, this, why, this is why. They will be life for you and an ornament to grace your neck. Now, here's my thinking for today. We keep reading. It says, then you will go on your way in safety. There's that word way again, path. And your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Oof, what a promise. Anyone struggle with their sleep here? If, if I, if I, here's what he's saying. If you mind your mind, you'll sleep well at night. If you control your thoughts, you'll sleep well at night. If you, if, you, if you look after you, if you preserve, to preserve is to put a building around you. You always value what, you always protect what you value. I met a sheep farmer for the first time this year in Rhodes. They've got 7,800 hectares. They've got triple the amount of sheep, 12 farms. And he says, I went up one of his mountains, like asked for permission, can I go up your mountain? And the response was, yeah, sure, but keep the gate closed. Why? They put fences up to protect what they value. In your life, you'll always protect what you value. Let me tell you what the most important asset in your life. It's not your possessions, not your house, your career, or your financial investment. You know what the greatest asset in your life is? Your mind. And Solomon, who's writing here, says the best thing we can ever do is to protect our mind. Your sleep will be sweet. And he says, have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side. Oh, I love that. It's not that I'm by his side. It's that he's by my side. I want to remind some people here today that the Lord is on your side. When you go into 2022, it's not that Jacob's on my side or the Proteas are on my side or my dad's on my side. The Lord, L-O-R-D, is on my side. That means there's a whole different perspective. I don't arrive here hoping for victory. I walk in victory because he's by my side. I think maybe we need to remind ourselves that when we arrive at church, no, 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 no. No, we arrive with a sense of joy in us because the Lord is on my side. You know, I, I do a lot of weddings. When I go to weddings, weddings, Jesus said, I'm the bridegroom. Do you, do you see a bridegroom when the bride comes down? I've never been to a miserable wedding in my life. There's so much joy. God says Christianity is not just I'm hoping I'm gonna get there. There is a well within us. It is joy. Why? Because the Lord is on my 
at the back there. How are you guys doing at the back there? Lord is on my side. Okay, having considered that, we're going to look at what it looks like. And uh, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, and I see some people taking notes, that's great. Minding your mind. Minding your mind. Tap your neighbor and say, mind your business. We, we love that idiom, you know, mind your business, and then, and, but we do a lot of minding. We mind our family, we mind other people's businesses. <laughs> anyway, so so we, we, like to, we like to mind everybody else on Instagram, and then we, we like to mind that person over there, mind, 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 but the most powerful thing you can do this year is mind your mind. Because if you mind your mind, you'll live a masterful life. If you, if you change your thoughts, you can change your life. That's the hope God gives us, Proverbs 4, verse 22, and Solomon just drops these bombs all the way through Proverbs. He goes, boop, boop, boop. You know what he goes? As a man thinketh, so he, can, so he is. In other words, your mind, your, your life is a direct correlation to the thoughts you think. You want to change your life? Change your mind. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news. Because here's what I do is I go, God, can you change my circumstances? Please, God, can you just sort out that person? Can you make that happen for me? Can you change my circumstances? But God is far more interested in changing your mind than your circumstances. You know why? You know why? Because your thoughts dictate the outcome of your life. Can I tell you another reason why? Because your mind is a battleground. It's a battleground. Did you know that? Do you know that the mind is made up of 2 billion neural cells, and each cell is attached to 10,000 neurons? That's a whole lot of stuff going on there. It's big, it's right here between your ears, and it's the most powerful weapon you have. But and yet, the devil also knows that. He also knows that you're acid. Now, I don't know about you, have you ever felt like you're really exhausted and tired and, and, and you think it's your circumstance, but it's actually the war going on in your mind? You ever woke up in the morning and felt like you're not good enough? You don't have what it's taken? Guess what? The devil's in right there because the Bible calls him the father of lies. And there is a war in our minds, a battle in our minds. And I think just as we start this morning, and the Apostle Paul helps us. You know, Apostle Paul is a bit crazy in his mind too, which I love, because it associates with you and I. The Apostle Paul says, there's something that wages in my war in Romans chapter 7. There's something that wages in my mind, and I can't comprehend it. And I seem to want to do something, but I do other thing. And he says, there's a battle. He uses that word, there's a battle in my mind. But we know that Paul, as he lived his life, you know what he did? He mastered his mind because he ended up in Roman prison. He wrote these letters that we're reading today that shaped the church forever. You know what he did? He mastered. I'm gonna ask Paul. Paul, how do you do it? He knew the enemy. He knew. He knew the enemy's against me. But you know what the promise is? Why do we mind our minds? You know what the promise is? The last one is? The promise of God is this. In Romans 7, it says, the mind governed by the flesh leads to death, but the mind governed by the spirit leads to life and peace. You see, life and peace is available for you and I. Anyone want to take it? It's accessible this morning. Do you want to take it? I want to take it. Please, God, don't change my circumstance. Change my mind. Proverbs 7, verse 23 says, Above all else, God, in some interpretations, heart, but it says, God, your mind, for it is the wellspring of life. Here's the challenge, though. They say this brain, that two billion, all the numbers, that... We think, you and I, thoughts like this, anything between 60 and 90,000 thoughts a day. 80% of them are negative. And here's this, 90% are from the day before. Guess what we're repeating? We've got a pattern of thinking, and the pattern of thinking is putting us in places we never thought. You see, if I've got a positive life and a positive thought life, I'll have a positive life. At the same time, if I have a negative thought pattern, I'm gonna have a negative life. 
but I know that God has life and peace for us because the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And God says, I have weapons that can bring down these strongholds, it talks about. Now, I want to read this to you, and I have three ideas as we close today, three ideas about how you and I can mind our minds. Are you ready? Come on, I want to read this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and Paul writes this, and he says, he talks, he's talking to the, the Corinthian church, and and he's sharing a little bit of what it's, what it's going to take for us to mind our minds. Verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. You see the language? It's battle language. According to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Say mighty. Mighty in God for pulling down, the other interpretations say demolishing strongholds. Casting down arguments and every hard thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, Christ. Can I start with strongholds? What's a stronghold? Anyone know what a stronghold is? It's like a prison, but it's not a prison of mortar. It's a prison in which you and I have been locked in in a lie. You know, in East Africa, they've got these elephants. The way they train them is they put a pole in the ground and they attach a chain to it, about a four-meter chain. And the elephant just, all it does is for two months, it just walks around with a chain to it. After two months, they take the chain off. Guess what? The elephant never sticks out the circle. It's free to go. But because it's been trained like that, it's locked in on a lie. There's no chain. And you see, a stronghold in a life is when we've believed a thought, and the thought has become a foothold, and the foothold becomes a stronghold. And when the stronghold sets in our place, guess what happens? Is we don't enjoy what we do, and it caps our potential. Think about this for a moment. I'll give you some example. I'm preaching here this morning. I'll preach, and I'll look, and I'll find some guy in the left row sleeping. And then I'll go like, yes, and then I'll walk off and i go to Kath. i say, Kath, did I say what would make sense? Because there was a guy sleeping there, and you have a thought. You know you have that thought? Or well, there's some guy on Instagram, yeah. Where's Instagram? Okay, there he is. There he is over there. No, I'm joking. He's on Instagram. And, and, and I have this thought. I think like, yes, what I have to say doesn't make sense. No one's listening. And you see, then I go home Monday. Talk about the Monday blues. Dill will tell you. We wake up Monday, you're like, ooh, I wonder whether I made sense on Sunday. You know? And you have a thought, and the thought becomes a foothold. The foothold becomes a stronghold. And what it does is it caps my calling, and I don't enjoy it anymore. So someone comes and says to me, Mark, will you preach again? I say, no, thanks. But what about you? You ever had the word enough in your thought process? What a word enough? I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not disciplined enough. Is there anyone here that has had the thought, I'm not enough in this room here? Just put your hand up for a moment. Awesome. Now let's pray for those who didn't put their hands up, just for pride to come out. <laughs> hey? Not enough. We got it all the time. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And you know what happens? After a while, it becomes a foothold. And the foothold becomes a stronghold. And you know what you think? You think, I have no value. No one loves me. No one cares. And so you know what it does? It doesn't, you never reach your full potential. What about in Relationships. Many, many years ago, someone rejected you. And then what happens is now you thought, hey, when I come into a relationship, I'm gonna give 90%, but hold back 10. Now, how many of you know that if you hold back 10, you don't give your full self? And so you go into every relationship, you go like, I'm just gonna hold back. I'm just gonna hold back. I'm just gonna hold back. You know what that does? You never get to experience the fullness of friendships because you're locked in on a lie. What about if you're 60 or 70 year old here today? And the devil comes to you, puts that thought, you're too old for God to use you. What happens if you're a teenager to the left over there and he goes, you're too young. Little thought comes in, no, you're too young. God can't use you. You see, he's the father of lies. He just puts these little things in our minds that stops us, what, from reaching our calling and enjoying what God's given us. In relationships, in friendships, 
in our lives. Strongholds keep coming. A little foothold becomes a stronghold. And what happens? It caps who I am. What about this? Things are really going well in your life. You are smashing it. And this little thought comes, it's never going to last. Or what if you're going a really tough time and the thought comes in and says, this will never pass. You're going to walk down this road forever. You know what's happened? It's the stronghold has developed in your life and you've believed something that God never intended for you. But I've got good news for you in here today. You see, the Bible says that he's come to demolish the strongholds in your life, that he's given you weapons of warfare, weapons of warfare. He's put it inside of you. Peter said, what you have, you have everything you need to live this life. You've come to change it around. You see, we can't control the thoughts that come into our minds, but we can replace it with something far more beautiful. Do you wanna know what far more beautiful is? Number one, how do I mind my mind? Number one, I feed my mind. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful when Jesus came along, he didn't say, I'm the broccoli of life. He didn't come and say that I'm the filet of life. He didn't come and say that I'm the MCT oil of life. He came to say that I'm the bread of life. Those who love, you know, South Africans, we'll eat this here, we'll eat this here, but then we need a bread plate. We'll eat this here, samp and beans, we'll, if you're Afrikaans, you want your pup too. You, want, you, you need the bread. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Feed on the bread of life. We're feeding on many other things, but there is one thing over here. It's good food. You know, you're sitting here, you go, you know, Mark, you know, I'm not that hungry. I really am. And to be honest, I'm not that hungry. For, and I, I like the idea of coming to church, but you know what? Hungry to grow, mm, not quite sure. And then I'll ask, you know, you know how you get hungry if you're not hungry? How do you get hungry if you're not hungry? You get around some good food. When I go to Woolworths, I go past the salads, and then I go past the wraps, and then when I come down to the bakery, I smell the pastry, and I look at that pepper steak, and I get hungry. You, listen, church, if you're not hungry, get around some good food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me give you some good food. Good food for 2022. You know, the Bible says all Scripture, all Scripture is, is God-breathed. It's alive and is profitable. Now, businessmen, you know what profit's all about, eh? Take income minus expenses. It's left over. I want to tell you, friends, in the book of Acts, it didn't say church. It didn't say church. The people are increasing. You know what it said? The word is increasing. Friends, when the word takes a seed in your heart, it will multiply and be profitable in your marriage, in your business. You're looking for something out there. God says the word's in here. I'm looking for the right diet. Put me on the right diet, please. Put me on the right diet. I don't want any other diet. Leave your calorie infested diet. Leave all those other diets. Feed on the word of God. He's not the broccoli of life. He's the bread of life. And the carbohydrate guys are loving me. The right diet. I'll tell you what else it is. It's a rich diet. Listen, you know, there's a story of some rabbits in Canada somewhere. I don't know, I found it somewhere. Rabbits in Canada. They're living their loving life, but the lynx with is their predator. So the lynx eat the rabbits. That's how they live. The only problem was the lynx just had one source of food, was the rabbits. And then the rabbits went through a pandemic like we did, and they died. And guess what? The lynx died too. You know why? Because they had their source in only one feeding place. 
Friends, the Bible is written by 66 different books, different authors. Friends, when you read from every place, from Genesis, if you touch something in Genesis, it starts to spark in John. When you touch something in Revelation, it speaks in Malachi. There's Obadiah. There's all these places, the Psalms, Proverbs. When you read this, you're going to get a rich diet. And when you get a rich diet, it's going to empower you. It's going to empower your life. You're not going to be a clone of everybody else. Like Tim Keller said, if you listen to one person, you'll be a clone. If you listen to 10, you'll get confused. But if you listen to 66 in this book, you'll get a rich diet and you'll find out who you are and you'll walk with who God's called you to be. I need the right diet and the rich diet. Amen? Amen. 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 Second point. Second point. Free your mind. Free your mind. You don't just feed your mind, you free it. Well, how do I free it? Well, you know what he says this? He says, take every thought captive. What do you do when you take prisoners captive? You interrogate them. You interrogate a prisoner. I don't know, I watched Liam Neeson the other night. Commuter, you must watch it, it's brilliant. Commuter, but, but he, I love, you've watched Jason Bourne. You're not interrogating. I've never been in an interrogation room, but I know that the room before the room, they torture someone and then they bring him in and then they sit him down and they ask them two questions. Who are you and who sent you? Friends, if the one that we're gonna, con- you know what? You can't control the thoughts in your mind. And the challenge is we think that every think, thought we think is true. It's not true. I don't know, I think that I'm, you know, I'm righteous and whatever. And if I think it, I think it's true. No, it isn't. Why? Because I've got these enemies in my head and I need to stop them and interrogate them. I need to ask them, who sent you and who are you? Who sent you and who are you? Sit them down, look them in the eyes, say, hey, devil. No, 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 I'm, that's a condemning voice. I don't know that voice. That's telling me I can't live. No, that's telling me I'm not good enough. No, devil, who are you? Who are you? Listen, you can put a thousand ladies on the phone. And I'll disqualify all 999 and I'll know my squizzer's voice. I'll know Kath's voice. You know why? Because I've been with her for 27 years. She's the love of my life. You know why? Because I've attuned my, my ears to her voice. You know what, friends? When the devil comes, you need to find the right voice. The voice from heaven that says you are loved and known. The voice that speaks to who you are and speaks to your potential. The voice that says that you are richly loved, highly favored, and deeply blessed. That's the voice we listen to. I, 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 need a, I need a right diet, I need a rich diet, but I need to free my mind. How do you do it? You sit them down and you say, no, no thought, not today, devil. Because I've attuned my voice. You know what they can do as well for the 999 ladies? They can try and do a cover voice for me. But I'll still know how Kath talks because I know she says cup of tea, not a cup of tea. I know her slang, I know her language, I know little nuances because I've attuned my voice. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Jesus said, you'll know his voice. You'll know his voice. How do I free my mind? I interrogate it. No more devil. No more of those thoughts of condemning voices in my life. I'm going to fix my mind in him. And I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Who are you? You don't get into my space here. There's one space for the God's voice in my life. And then I thought about it, you know, Hold captive, we interrogate. But then there's also this other thinking, and I think it's, Paul wrote it in Philippians chapter four. The book of Philippians, he writes to a church that he loved, and he gets right to the end, he says, these are his final remarks. He says in Philippians four verse eight, he says, fix your thoughts on what is pure, what is lovely, what is, he goes on, he, he mentions it, he keeps going, but, but the basis of what I'm getting back is, he said, fix your thoughts. In other words, hold that thought. 
hold that thought. There's something powerful about you. See, we can't stop the thoughts coming into our mind. You know that we can talk at 150 to 200 words a minute. We can think at 1,500. In other words, you guys are having two conversations and listening to me in your head. You're thinking about the email on Wednesday. You're thinking about your sports game on Friday. It's in the background there. It's just it's playing in your subconscious. But I want to tell you, listen, we have an opportunity to hold a thought. Hold the promise. Hold what God says over your life. Paul says, fix your thoughts. I need, I need, I need to do a quick example here. Mark and Nick, why don't you come join me? Joey, why don't you come join me, please? Just quickly, Joey. Mark and Nick, you can come this side, quickly. Just give it up for our volunteers here on the stage. Joey, every time I see you, you're getting bigger. Come on. So, 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 so Mark and Nick, they say hello to each other. There we go. Now, I need distance here. Can you go and stand that side, please? I'm in control here. Thank you. Over there side. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. So, so, so I want, uh, Mark, why don't you come stand over here? There we go. Now, now next is going to be, for this presentation, she's going uh, to be Philippians 4, verse 8. Whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is gracious, whatever is kind. Yeah, yeah. And so, Mark, I want to give, can you just give Nick a hug there? Just hug her. Just hug her. Yeah, there we go. Nice big hug. There we go. Hold her for a moment. Just keep hugging her. That's lovely. Okay, awesome. Stand away. Thank you. And so over here we have Joey. And unfortunately, Joey, unfortunately, you're going to be two Corinthians. You know, every lie or pretension that stands itself against God. And I chose you because I saw the muscles. You know, sometimes we think the devil's bigger than he is. But you know what? You're going to be that. And uh, you are uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, every pretension and lie. And you see, you know what happens often in life? We live between this tension, between what is pure and lovely and gracious, and then every pretension and lie, because the Father of love gets at us. And you, we tend to hug one another. Hug one of that or hug that. Now, I want you to go and hug Joey, please. Just give him a hug. There we go. There we go. Give him a hug. There we go. Okay, just stand there for a moment. Now, I want to ask the question. I want to, no, no, stay there, stay there, just hug, just hold, don't, just stand. So I want to ask the question, I want to ask the question, what, what looks more appropriate, this hugging here, or the one who hugs this? He's not playing the game yet, can you come across here, please? Can you come across this way, give her a hug, give her a hug. You see, we were never designed to hug the enemy, we were designed to hold our thoughts on what is Christ and His promise and His thank. Let's give it up for our volunteers. Thank you. That was quick. Hold that thought. Your life, your life will be in a battleground. We'll be a battleground until we die. But I want to tell you, friends, you were never born to hug the enemy in his lies. You were never born to stand in that place. You were born to stand, to fix your thoughts on what is profitable, what is true, what is kind, what is gracious, what is life-giving. That's the call over our lives. You want to win the battle? interrogate the thought. We can't stop the thoughts coming, but we can replace them by something more beautiful. How do we replace them? By hugging, holding that thought. You see, I want to say something here. For some of us, we're sitting here right now, and we can remember the moment where the thought began, that I wasn't good enough, or I didn't have what it takes, or I'm not strong enough, or I'm not beautiful enough. And we go back to that time where someone said something over your life. But I want to encourage you today, you're going back too soon. You need to go back 2,000 years ago where Jesus went on the cross and died for you. And you need to hold on to that thought, the thought that he redeemed your mind on the cross. We need to go back to him and what he did for you and I. And some of us are looking into the future and we're going, 
you've got a thought about ang- being anxious about the future and what you're going to do and what God's going to do in your life, but you're going far too soon. You need to go right to the end where the clouds will be separated and Jesus is coming back for His church, for you and I. We have hope in Him. Hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. And for some of you here today, just for the first time in your life, you've had this thought. I can't believe it. Jesus died for me. He saved me. He set me free. All I need to do is respond. And if you've had that that, that thought this morning, I want to pray a simple prayer with you just now. Because all it requires is faith. Hold on to that thought. Because he came to die for you. And he came to have a relationship with you. And what if in the start of 2022, a thought would enter your mind as you listen to this. And you said, I want to know Jesus. Because I know this, he wants to know you. I'm going to feed my mind. I'm going to free my mind. The last one I'm going to close with this. I want to focus my mind. I want to focus my mind. Yeah, can I I just show you this quickly? Focus your mind. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to what? To, to To the obedience of Christ. Wait, 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 wait. It's not about my obedience. No. You've got to focus our mind not on my willpower or my strength. Put your attention on Christ. Here is a powerful principle in our lives. Where your focus goes, energy flows. Where your focus goes, passion flows. The emphasis of the New Testament is to put my eyes not on my obedience but on Christ's way. You know what the devil's going to do? He's going to come to you and say, you're not good enough and you're not strong enough and you can't do it. And you know what? You need to say to the devil, you're right, I can't do it because it's never about my obedience. It's about the obedience of Christ, the one that was faithful, the one that died for us, the one that set us free. It's all about Jesus. And when I see him, everything changes in my life. Focus your mind on the finished work of the cross. Focus your mind. You know, I think about it in the, In the Romans chapter 12, it says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see that word renewing of your mind? Whenever you get an R-E in front of a word, it means to bring it back to its original intent. Do you know that God wants to bring you back to your original intent? Do you know what your original intent was? Do you remember the garden in Genesis with Adam? Adam left the garden because of disobedience and he left with his wife and they walked out into death. But along came a second Adam. His name is Jesus Christ. And he came back into the garden with his bride, which is you and I, so that we might have life. Do you see what God's original intent with you is? Is to live with him in relationship because of what Jesus did for you and I. You know, in Leviticus, they tell a story of how a a man, a sinner, all of you here, all of us, we arrive. We, we, can't, we can't save ourselves. And I just love that. Oh, just reminds me that I could bring nothing to the equation. And he brings, and he brings a spotless lamb. And he comes before the priest. And the priest looks over the lamb and he looks at the man. He looks at the lamb and he looks at the man. He looks at the lamb and he looks at the man. Who's he gonna, who's he gonna look at? And then eventually he goes, no, I'm not gonna look at the man because he's a sinner. I mean, he's done. I'm gonna look at the lamb. And he checks to see if it's spotless. If it's spotless, the man goes free. Now I thought to myself, who's, who's the lamb of God? His name is Jesus. When God looks at us, what does he see? He sees Jesus. Who's the one who came to turn our lives around? Jesus. Who's the one who's gonna renew our minds? I don't know whether I can hear anyone here today. Is anyone getting this? 
He's, it's Jesus. He's the sustainer of our faith. He's the one. He, one man's obedience set us all righteous. The power of changing your mind lies in focusing it on Christ and his finished work. I want to close just with this one story in the Bible. I looked up the word transformation because I don't know about you, but we all want to win this year, don't we? And how is it going to happen? We're going to be transformed. How is it going to happen? By capturing our thoughts, feeding on the word, freeing our minds and focusing on Christ. That's how it's going to happen. We're going to be transformed from what? From the inside out. Do you know what happens? When Jesus came, he spoke repentance. Repentance is not changed behavior, it's changed belief. Repentance is a new level of thinking. He called it metanoia. He came to change us. In other words, to transform our minds. Because he realized if you change your mind, you change your life. And you know what he did when he came? He said, a couple of things he said. He said, you know what? You're going to live from the inside out, not outside in. The world wants to focus on the outside. He's going to say, I'm going to get at your heart. You know what he did too? He says, you're going to be an upside down kingdom. Upside down. Like my daughter says, dad, throw me upside down. It's going to be upside down. You know what the world says? Go after yourself. Be the guy. Jesus says, be a servant. The world says, no, it's about your possessions and what you have. What if Jesus says, no, 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 it's about what's in your heart. The world says, go after you. You the guy, you the self. No, 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 Jesus said, if you want to be great, be a servant of all. The world says, hang on to your wealth. Build it for yourself. Jesus says, give your wealth away. It's upside down. And then the lastly, he says, you're going to live front backwards. We're not going to live from here, there. We're going to live front backwards. In other words, I know the end, and he won it for you and I. And we, we, we need not fear because he's a one it. We, we not fear because we have hope in him. It is in Christ that I put my hope. Jesus takes his disciples up the mountain. Peter, James, and John. And that word transformation is, happens one more time in the New Testament. It's that account in the Gospels. Written three times in the Synoptic Gospels. He gets up the mountain and he's, it says he's transformed before them. And there's Moses and Elijah and the Peter and James, and they like overawed because they see Jesus, but they see Moses and Elijah. And the Bible says that Jesus was talking to Moses and Elijah, not Moses and Elijah to Jesus, which shows me that he's eminent. He's greater than your friends. He's greater than the past. He's greater than whatever it is. He is eminent. And then in a moment, Peter and James and John try to make their own plan. And then God comes down to speak and Moses and Elijah disappear. And it says he speaks out of a bright cloud. I love that thought. God speaks out of a bright future for you and I. And he says these words. He says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. The cloud disappears. And Peter and James, I don't know, if, if God ever speaks to you, we'll be, guess where we'll be? On our faces. And guess what? Jesus comes down and he touches them. And he says, do not be afraid, rise up. Touches. You see, we, we believe an intimate God. He comes close to us. He comes down to us. That's the gospel. God came down for you to save you. He came to sort and help you in your life. And he touches and he says, do not be afraid and rise up. I wonder whether this year we wouldn't be afraid, but we rose up. We rose up because God's given us everything we need for this life. Why don't you stand with me? I want to pray as we close today. Why don't you, why don't you just, uh, just for a moment, I just heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to take a moment to close in some prayer. And uh, we're going to keep the curtains closed. This is a time just in the presence of God. You know that song, it says, you've made room for us this morning, Lord. I believe that, God, you've been speaking into hearts today. What's God been saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit been saying to you? Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're here in your presence here this morning, Lord. 
Now I just want to take a moment to pray for people. People, if this message spoke to you this morning, I want you just to, in a, in a, in just a response of faith, just to raise your hand for a moment. I want to pray, just a prayer for you this morning. This spoke to you. The message spoke to you. Change your mind. Change your life. Thank you for hands going up this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, for surrendered hearts, humble hearts, God. And Lord, I thank you that 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 word, whatever we need, you have it this morning. And so, Father, I want to pray, Lord. I want to pray the Jew of heaven. I want to pray the Holy Spirit to fall on every hand that's raised here, God. I thank you that there's more than enough. So, Father, I pray in a moment, God, pour your Holy Spirit into hearts, God. Where there's assurance needed, Lord, I pray for it. Where there's hope needed, I pray, God, would you bring that. Where love is needed, God, I pray, would you do that, God. I thank you that the onset of a new year, we can receive from you in fullness, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, full now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You can put your hands down, heads bowed, eyes closed. You know, I said earlier, there, there, maybe there's some of us here this morning that have never known Jesus before. But I want to tell you, He's here this morning. Before He arrived, He was here. He's been here through this whole service. He's been speaking to your heart. And you know, one of the greatest steps we'll ever make is to choose to trust Him. You know why? Because we realize for a moment that He did so much more for us. That He's loved us like never before. This love is unfailing. He is Christ. He's the one who came to find you. And if that's you and you've never known him before, I'd love to pray a simple prayer with you. But I'm going to ask you on the count of three, if that's you, just to shoot up your hand on the count of three and acknowledge it. And I'll pray this simple prayer. And you start in 2022 by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's love is here. On the count of three, one, God loves you. Jesus died for you. Three, he came to set you free. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you for your hands, Lord. Thank you for hands going up here in the front. Thank you, Jesus. Right from the back, we thank you, Father, for salvation in your home this morning, Lord. And we're going to pray, Link Church, at the beginning of 2020, for those whose lives have been changed, because this is just the beginning, that the whole of heaven rejoices today, one step to follow Jesus. You can put your hands down. Let's pray with faith in our hearts together. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And I choose to follow you. Would you fill my mind with your love? And would you fill my heart? with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's celebrate with many hands who give their lives to Jesus for the first time. He's made room for us. He's made room for us. He's here by His presence. Come on, with faith in our hearts, let's sing one more time. He's present with His church. We worship you, Jesus.